Well, evidently the Guardians aren't giving up on this season. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sully. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so, and we are wrapping up my fifth full season here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Follow us at YouTube, where we are well on our way and trying to get 1 billion subscribers. We are several hundred million short. Let's pick it up, folks. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 And bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slashed. Locked on to get started. But as you can tell, this is a crossover episode, or at least, at the very least, one where I'm having a guest in. Um, he has been on the show recently. And don't take this wrong, buddy. I wasn't expecting you to come back on so quickly. But uh, the Cleveland Guardians are in the news. So that means let's break open the box and bust out Justin Lotta again. How are you doing, buddy? The host of Lockdown Guardians. I'm my head is spinning right now. I'm still trying to process a month ago. We talked about the guardians playing for 2024 and now they're still playing for 2023, I think. Okay. Well, let me just tell you something. Uh, my advice to you and I love, I have many everyday Sully listeners out there. Uh, apparently some people really like me. Some people really don't like me. I love you all. Uh, but here's one thing I really, really have to stress when you listen to locked on MLB, Please do not come to me to be your authority on how the waiver wire works. Because evidently, my knowledge of the waiver wire is incredibly lacking. Because I was under the impression that if you made a claim on someone, then you went to the back of the lines. You couldn't just claim everybody. And I was so excited to see this feeding frenzy of teams uh, laying claims on pitchers. Uh, who were all placed on waivers over the last few days. And uh, instead, uh, the Cleveland Guardians seem to be the only team that came out to play. Maybe they, they got the trade and or the waiver in their transactions like module and they, they selected click all, select all, <laughs> just in case, <laughs> and then get through. And maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. They, they let two of the, the hitters go unclaimed. But yeah, yeah you which just is go weird. up there and pick from, yeah. a, pick from a buffet, I guess. Well, here's what I find interesting is that the three, you know, there were a lot of teams that were on the cusp of contention and the guardians are clearly that they are several games under 500, but they are playing in the weakest division in baseball. And to find the last time the twins absolutely collapsed in September, you have to go all the way back to 2022. You know, uh, a Twins collapse in in September hasn't happened in months, you know, and uh, maybe they're like, well, wait a minute, if they collapse again, uh, well, okay, for for those of you who who 
wonder what I'm talking about here. Um, I was so excited to see which fringe contender was going to start to claim all these these players. Uh, and I felt the three most valuable pitchers on the waiver wire were Lucas Giolito, who was actually one of the big catches in the in the trade deadline, Reynaldo Lopez, who no one's going to mistake him for Raleigh Fingers, but he is a major league reliever, and Matt Moore, who had a fine, he was having an effective season as a left hand reliever for the Angels, and I was like, oh, okay, which team's going to sign them? Which team's going to sign them? And Cleveland said, hold my beer, we're claiming all three. <laughs> yeah, they the, I just I just tweeted this too that the Guardians all year have needed offense, right? They have they right. have struggled offensively, they've done pretty well pitching wise with three rookies. So you would think naturally the Guardians, maybe they'll try to claim Hunter Renfro, maybe they'll try to claim claim Randall Gritchick. Mm-hmm. They claim neither, and they claimed all three of the Angels pitchers they put on the waiver wire. And Gritchick went unclaimed and Renfro went to the Reds. That was very backwards. So the Reds yeah made their outfield better, which was already good. The Guardians made their pitching better, which was already fine. I don't know. It's a very weird move, but it's been a weird well, it's been a weird year. Yeah, I mean here's where I okay, here let me I, I, I cannot claim to be a Cleveland Guardian fan, even though I'm the only person who was rooting for Cleveland outside of Ohio in the two thousand sixteen World Series when they played the Cubs. Uh mainly because I'm not a fan of Aroldis Chapman. I didn't want to see him celebrate on the mound as a clinching moment, and I also love, love, and did I mention love, Terry Francona. Now, Cleveland's pitching has obviously been, has been their strength for the last few years, but it's also not at its healthiest right now. I mean, you don't have Bieber pitching right now. You you know, you don't have, you've traded away Savali. Quantrill is on the injured list. You know, I mean, Tanner BB is still good. Logan Allen is fine. Gavin Williams is okay. You know, I mean, he's a very good prospect, and he's pitched pretty well. I mean, I got to give him credit. He's pitched pretty well in the major leagues. And maybe the – I almost called him the I word. Maybe the Guardians um, are adhering to what I call the uh, Eddie Rosario rule, which is if you have a hole, fill it with a major leaguer and hope you can get a decent month out of them. Maybe Lucas Giel – I mean, look at – I was really looking forward to someone like Giolito pitching for a team like Miami or, um, you know, maybe the Toronto. But he's on a team, and you have a couple more major league. You have two new major league pitchers in your bullpen, one new major league pitcher in your rotation. And if the, you know, and and the uh, the hit by pitch heard around the world the other day and the swing at 3-0 and that happened around the world the other day, meant that Cleveland moved to five games of Minnesota. Um, it's it's a tall order, but I, it didn't cost them anything. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, they've been talking all year about trying to limit the innings of the rookie starters. I mean, they've been relying on three rookie starters since essentially April when Allen had to come up. And then a little bit while later, it was Bybee, and then they called up Williams later in the season. And, then, and since the middle of the year, they've been heavily relying on all three. Bieber's been out. McKenzie's out. Quantrill comes back Friday, actually. Uh, okay. but, you know, no, Nobody has any idea what to expect from him. Uh, Xavion Curry was in the rotation for a little bit. He's also a rookie. I think he goes back to the bullpen. And they tried like a, a two-week stint of Noah Syndergaard, which Noah Syndergaard at this point is no longer Thor. He's just Noah. 
Uh, yeah, you, you, you might as well gone. bring back Greg Swindell or uh, Tom Candiotti at that point. I mean, yeah, it, it, so this was no offense to Noah Syndergaard, who had, who used to be a legit Cy Young contender, but you know, it's he's he's done. Yeah, so they moved on from him for a while. For a while, it was four rookies in Syndergaard, so now it's going to be three rookies: Giolito and Quantrill. And nobody has any idea if Bieber and McKenzie are coming back in September. They're hoping that there's going to be some innings there for them, but. Like you mm-hmm. said, now they have – Giolito has not been great since the trade. He has not done well with the Angels. so But he's still an but, upgrade over Syndergaard, which is good. Yeah, yeah and here's, where, here's what I'll say about that. We're talking about basically he had one bad month. He had one bad month on a dysfunctional team because he was acquired by the Angels at the end of July. It's now – I mean, this is being dropped on the 1st of September. But, yeah, he, he had a rough month. But he pitched very well for Chicago for the bulk of the year. I mean, not he was not the all-star caliber, but he was a major leaguer. Yeah. And he's not may- no and, and you know, maybe getting out of a dysfunctional situation. Um, look at you're asking him to give you basically four starts. You know, four for give me four or five decent starts. And then, you know, he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year. So it's like, have you the last memories of this year uh, be four or five decent starts uh, and, uh, you know, four or five decent starts and, and, and then hit free agency? I mean, I don't think that's – I don't think that's the worst thing in the world you can do. No, I mean, he's, he's clearly going out looking for a contract at the end of the year uh, he's probably going to have to take a one-year deal. You know, he has not pitched the way he used to. Maybe he'll be a little bit more, but certainly should be a little bit better. You know, the qualifying offer now that he got traded won't be attached to him, which should help him out a lot. I would argue, really, that the best player in the trade, but trade, I almost called it a trade. There's no more waiver trades. Uh, I would argue that Matt Moore is the best pitcher that changed uh, teams here. Matt Moore has been really good all year. He was really good last year. Well, Lopez has been fine, serviceable. He's, you know... If he is your like the Guardians bullpen has had some hiccups in the last couple of weeks. They've been better in the month in the month of August, uh, at least late in August. But if Ronaldo Lopez is like your, you know, your fifth best reliever, sixth best reliever, that's not a bad thing. Matt Moore gives them a second lefty, and he's you know doesn't have to worry about platoon splits. He does well against righties and lefties, and now the Guardians can shorten their games too. Not just Giolito picking up some innings, but now the relief you get a deeper bullpen with these guys. Now you can have the, the the rookie starters go a little bit less long. You can rely on the bullpen a little bit heavier with adding two pitchers like that. So it does go a lot of ways. And they're going to get Josh Naylor back here soon, and they're going to get David Fry back soon, who a lot of people probably don't know, but has been good against lefties. So they're going to do something to try to chase down the Twins in the month of September, and you know it could be Tito's last hurrah as well. So that might factor into things. And, of course, the Twins are coming up in just a series or two, right? Uh, the Twins will be in Cleveland next week, so the Guardians face the Rays this weekend, and then come Monday, it's uh, the last series of the year from the Twins and the Guardians, and uh, the Guardians, if they win one more game against the Twins, will have won the season series against them, and if by some weird coincidence these two teams end up tied at the end of the year, the Guardians have the tiebreaker. Uh, but, of course, the Guardians can't really afford to only win one more game. They ha- If they want to chase the Twins down, they've right. got to win minimum two out of three, but all they got to do is win one more, and if a tie happens, the Guardians win the division at the end of the year. Q, 
Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is a good offer because I pay for YouTube TV. Let me tell you, now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads on games to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you are not going to want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. For those of you watching the YouTube feed, sorry, I had a little uh, crash in my computer at the end there. I apologize if that was a little, if I looked like I was stunned to silence uh, in that one. Hey, uh, I want to bring up a couple quick things here. I mentioned the fact that the that Cleveland's playing Minnesota. I think that may have a big reason for this, that they are going to be head to head, a little fortified. If they win, let's how many games, how many game series is that? I'm touched. I'm afraid to touch anything in my computer right now. So the three or four games, three, series. the three, three game, game series. series. Well, think about, I mean, look at, remember what happened last year. Cleveland swept most of their con- contenders uh, uh, right out of the building. Cause we forget. I mean, the White Sox look like such a calamity right now, and the the Twins look so up and down. But this was a razor thin division going into Labor Day last year, and Cleveland ran away with it with an outstanding finale. And it meant they was a sweep of the uh, a key sweep of the Twins, and also a key sweep of Chicago. That you know, if the White Sox had a decent September, they would have been right in it. And maybe the memory of, like, look at, as of this recording, recording this just before the first day of September, Minnesota's four games above 500. They've also been, you know, they're on a two-game losing streak. Obviously, there was the, uh, the hit-by-pitch that, that uh, you know, that, that wasn't, that tied the game the other day in that weird game, including the 3-0 swing with the upper deck homer. Um, they picked up a couple of games. And now they have, again, you're asking pitchers, give us just a couple of good starts. Give us a couple of decent games. And the Twins, we have seen the Twins can be very, very streaky. We've seen the Twins are capable of going on a three or four game winning streak, but also going on a big, long losing streak. And they have filled in some of the gaps. So, I think part of it is for that. I'll tell you what I think the other part of it was. I think they made a lot of those claims so the Twins wouldn't get them. I think this was as much of you don't get to improve your team. We'll improve ours, and you don't get to improve yours. So it's a little bit of of your status quo, and if we're only a tiny bit better and we're doing a bunch of head-to-head games – I'm sorry. That's a that's a pretty smart move for Cleveland. It is. There's definitely some gamesmanship there, right? They they blocked the Twins from making some improvements. I don't know that the that the Twins really needed Lucas Giolito. I don't know that they really. I mean, they did just put Billy Ober. Uh, did they Billy Ober go back to the minors and he get hurt? I can't remember. I thought he but got hurt, but I, I, maybe, I did, yeah. Either way, without without Billy Ober, they probably could have used one of Lopez or more. I guess their bullpen's been a little bit iffy. They could have used one of those guys. I don't know about Giolito, but they I really thought they could have used one of the bats too, but I also the Guardians could have used one of those. Yeah. Those so they, they didn't none of those guys made it to Minnesota. All, you know, only guys that went unclaimed were Gritchick, 
which is odd. And then Clevenger and Carrasco, who nobody was going to pick up anyway. So, yeah, there's some gamesmanship there. They're head-to-head, certainly. And now, now it looks like the Guardians did more to improve their roster because the Twins were pretty silent at the deadline, too. So, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't take anything for the Guardians to block the Twins from getting better. All they had to do was just claim them, find spots in the 40-man roster, and pay them, like, $3 million to get to the end of the year. I think one of the most dangerous things you could do as a fan is start to look at the schedule and say, well, those are easy games. Those are some easy wins because a lot of times the team is like, Hey, this is the end of the year. We got nothing to play for. Let's roll up our sleeves and, and, you know, win a few games here, but you do see there are some, you know, the, the next bunch of games for Cleveland include a series with Tampa and Tampa, you know, is tough. Uh, you know, Tampa is capable of losing some games, but Tampa has looks like they're starting to improve themselves. And I, I wonder how much of the team has gelled by getting through this Wander Franco situation and saying, hey, look, at we're just let's we're a team. We're a playoff team. Let's move on. Uh, they they do the games against Minnesota. Uh, that's going to be right after Labor Day. Then they go to the Angels, who are a cataclysmic disaster. San Francisco, who are good. The Rangers, who are weird right now because they've had a horrible streak recently. Then you have the minor league team that plays in Kansas City. Then you got a bunch of games with Baltimore and Cincinnati, and then you finish the season at Detroit. So that's there. You can't really say that's an easy schedule or necessarily a hard schedule, but it's just you got to win the games. Where we've got one month to go, and you put together put together a decent month of September and hope and you know hope for the best. Yeah, and now you've got three pitchers too in this on this team. I mean it's it's a very young team. The Guardians have been I mean like I said they relied on three or four young pitchers all year and they've been hurt and then the bullpen's got a bunch of guys that haven't really done it before either. So, I mean I know I know Lucas Chilito and and Ronaldo Lopez have been stuck on the White Sox who have had some very uh, unfortunate measures around them. They haven't had a whole lot of playoff experience, but they've had playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Moore, I mean, Matt Moore has been around quite a bit. He was one of the best pitchers on the race, you know, when he was coming up and he was part of a bunch yeah. of playoff races for them. So you've got guys on this team now that have kind of pitched in big games in September. I know this team still has guys that pitch in big games in September last year too, but now you're adding more more veterans to that group who, you know, are not necessarily everyone's banged up at this time of year, right? No one's hundred percent healthy, but now you've got guys who are used to pitching this late in the year more often. Um, and this team has struggled against the Royals and Detroit, and there's some other good teams in the schedule in this month. So you at least add a couple of guys with some experience doing this before, and it can't hurt. I mean, it can't no. hurt. Like I said, this might, this might be Francona's last hurrah. So you know, might as well go out and give him a, a, a puncher's chance to see what you can do. They, this team has always played well in September under him. Might as well give him some major leaguers. Might as well give him some major leaguers. By the way, another former Cleveland hitter who uh, must be the absolute nicest guy to have in the clubhouse, Josh Donaldson. Uh, beloved New York Yankee, uh, Josh Donaldson, uh, got picked up by the Milwaukee Brewers. And you're the other team in Ohio, the Cincinnati Reds, Picked up a pair outfield, Hunter Renfro, you mentioned, and Harrison Bader. Um, I think that's interesting moves that they they put them in there. I really thought Renfro uh, – I knew Renfro was – someone was going to claim Renfro. I mean, look, at I'm not saying that he's the next Frank Robinson, but he's uh, he's got pop in his bat. And once again, you're asking him to – you know, I wonder – he asked him to have a couple of good weeks, and I can't help but wonder – 
getting out of, I mean, I'm here in Southern California. I see up close the intense dysfunction that is the Angels right now. And I wonder if getting out of that mess is got to be, you know, got to be helpful and waking up and seeing, you know, the Reds are in contention. So, you know, just give me, give me three or four decent weeks. Give us some pop. Give us some pop. Uh, another piece of news, uh, Dominic Leone got picked up by uh, Seattle. So um, they... Uh, or, or Cleveland pitcher too. Yeah. So they got uh, the Mariners who have a good bullpen. Uh, got a little more depth in their bullpen. Um, it's interesting. So what do you, what do you, are you going to give me a brave prediction for the guardians and the, the playoff race? Yeah. Like uh, how will, th- will this work? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. I, I think five games is a little bit much to, to re- chase down at this point in the season. Like it's, it's a lot to chase down, but like you said, G- poor Giolito and poor Lopez. By the way, those guys are apparently a package deal traded from the Nationals to the White Sox uh, together in, yeah. the, in the Adam Eaton deal, and then now that they, they got traded to the Angels in the same deal, now they're going to Cleveland in the same in the same waiver claim. Those two guys have been on t- in toxic organizations back to back. I mean, the White Sox are toxic and the Angels are toxic, so they come to Cleveland where the cold culture is pretty good. Maybe things do change a little bit. I don't know. I, I do tend to think that. Uh, five games, and I don't know how. I mean, Cole Calhoun has, has revitalized this team. Another former Angel, as weird as that is to say. Uh, I don't know. They are going to get Josh Naylor back. Maybe the lineup gets better, but I feel like they're going to come just a little short. They're going to make it close. They're going to make it interesting, but I feel like it's just five game. You know, closing the gap to five games and and having to overcome that and the twin and expecting the Twins to totally fall apart. I, I don't. Know. Yeah, you know what happened last year, but. The Guardians were a health. I don't know. The Guardians were a healthier team a year ago. Well, I mean, here's here's. I mean, look at they're going for it. And if you're a Cleveland fan, should they have done more beforehand? Yeah, yeah, probably. But do you know what? At least, uh, you know, at least you could take a look at them and say they're they're trying their best. Trying there's a reason best. to watch. There's there's a reason to watch in September now. You know, I mean, it's football season. You got the Browns, so people are going to be watching the Browns here. I mean, a lot of the news stations in Cleveland today and the radio stations were covering the Browns kicker move mm-hmm. uh, and not and not these moves. So um, maybe people still won't pay attention at all. But now there's a reason at least to, to keep an eye on things. All right, we're here with Justin Lotta. Justin, by the way, this has nothing to do with the, the Cleveland Guardians, but uh, you have the the MVP showdown happening right down the street from where I am right now. And uh, as of this recording, it is turning to the Ronald Acuna show as he hit a massive grand slam for uh, the Atlanta Braves. And he is now part of the exclusive 30 home run, 60 stolen base club. Um Look at, I mean, it's going to be. I, I at this point, the MVP race is really down to those. It's really down to those three: uh, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and um, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. But holy cow, this is this is quite a showing for uh, for Ronald Acuna Jr. and doing it on that that high state on those. 
you know, on that high stage of uh, doing it in uh, doing it in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. I love I love Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is is underrated, continually underrated, and I'm gonna root I'm gonna root for Ronald Acuna to win the, the MVP. But here's why: uh, not not Freddie Freeman because as a Guardians podcast host, it seemed like the Guardians had a chance to trade for Matt Olson when uh, Freddie Freeman was a free agent. When Freddie Freeman went to the Dodgers, the Braves immediately traded for Matt Olson. So I'm not going to root for Freddie Freeman just for that reason alone. Matt Olson is he still not in the MVP race too? I know it's probably on the fringes, but um, yeah, out? I mean, look, I I think he is definitely, uh, you know, he's definitely uh, on the 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 discussion of it. But I I really think that that it's really between those. I mean, I mean, I think it's between Freeman, Betts, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Give, uh, Mookie's under. Give me Mookie. He's underrated. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, look at. Um, well, look at. This is. Uh, I love. I love Francona. I want to see Cleveland win. I know they don't always have the largest window of opportunity, but the window is open a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, they you know, made the playoffs in, was it uh, 2013, 16, 17, and 18. And then like, oh, that window shut. Then they made it during the COVID year. Then they made it last year. So, you know, every time I think this team is down, uh, they make a run for it. And watch this be the year they win it. Watch them pull a 2006 Cardinals and it be, uh, you know, and and they pull this off. I don't know. If you would have gone back to April and told me, hey, the Guardians are playing meaningful games in September, but – no Shane Bieber, no Tristan McKenzie, no Aaron Savali, and Cole Calhoun and Ramon Laureano are going to be your three and four hitters. I, I might be calling on somebody to, to get you some help because that doesn't sound very realistic, but it's been a weird year. Like I said, it's been, it's been a weird year, and it's going to be an interesting month of September. All right, for the, which brings us to our trivia question, which is Cleveland-centric. The Cleveland, well, they were the Indians when they went to the World Series each time. In the wildcard era, they have won three pennants in the wildcard era. Each time, the ALCS MVP was someone who wasn't on the team the year before. It was a brand new member of the Cleveland Indians. That's what they were called. Don't get mad at me. Which Cleveland ALCS MVP was acquired in midseason? Two were acquired at the beginning of the year, but one was acquired at midseason. Which Cleveland ALCS Most Valuable Player was acquired at midseason? That is your trivia question for today. So, and post your answers at the YouTube comments or at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or whatever it's called now. I don't know what anything's called now. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, or at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And for those of you who followed me over the weekend, yes, I have some weekend shows. I'm going to do keep going through the weekends because I know some of my everyday sellers say, like, hey, I like hearing you over the weekend, especially on this long weekend. I may, I know I'm going to do two. I may do three. Hell, I may do four. You can't stop me. Justin Lotta, where can people listen to your show? Check us out over at Locked On Guardians on YouTube, on Locked Guardians on Twitter, X, whatever, and, and wherever Just you get podcasts. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Locked on, locked on Guardians everywhere you get podcasts. All right. Cool. We're well, talking about Cleveland 
absolutely being gluttons at the waiver wire with Justin Lott of Locked On Guardians. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.